Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 9, titled... Callie. Uh, okay, so bunch of stuff going on in this episode. Lots to talk about here. First and foremost, mutiny. They're not doing very well right now, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, they've had their entire platform and user base stolen. They got kicked off their network, so now they're basically not in operation. Uh, they are quickly running out of money. Pretty much everything about their current status could be classified as not good. <laughs> just, uh, just a little observation there. Uh, so now they have to figure out a way to get out of this massive, massive, massive hole that has been dug for them. And really they're only possible, their only avenue to getting enough money to get a new network and continue to pay their employees, the only way they can possibly achieve this is by selling, extract, and defend. It's their newest game. It's one of the few things they didn't steal. So, it's one of the few things West Group didn't steal. I shouldn't say that. So, they have to find a buyer for it. So Cameron makes a ton of calls, tries to get literally anyone to buy this game. No one's budging. Uh, But then they find this one company. A company that's just starting out. uh, Just sort of getting on their feet. And they take this meeting. And basically they end up pitching this game to like just two low-level employees in, like, a frickin' closet. (laughs) Like, the higher-ups do not give a shit in any way. But then Boz goes over to the big boys' table and gives this amazing... this amazing spiel about, like, hey, uh, so... You're trying to basically be just an importer of Japanese games. That's all well and good. Uh, But there's a significant portion of the country that will respond a hell of a lot better to the words made in the USA. And using that as their pitch. And saying, like, look, you could get a lot of money off of a domestically made game. Also, that domestically that domestically made game happens to be pretty good. Hear us out. So, like, the pitch sort of gets... Like, it starts rocky. Uh, but as they went over the higher-ups, uh, it goes better. 
and they end up coming back to the house with 50 grand for selling Extract and Defend. Enough to A, get a new network, and B, make payroll. So obviously everyone's very happy about this. Uh, Everyone's chanting, mutiny, 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 mutiny. Literally lifting Donna into the air in celebration. But Cameron is not really all that happy because she literally just sold off her baby. And she's basically closed herself off from everything at this point. Including Tom. Because Tom, she gets into some arguments over whether or not they should sell. And eventually Cameron's like, hey, so like, look, we got into this hole because I wasn't 100% focused. We got into this position because I wasn't 100% focused. So I need to just completely cut off all the distractions. Including this relationship. So Cameron and Tom break up. Aww. Why? Why can't these characters be happy, damn it? I'm sad. (laughs) Why must this show make me sad? And to add insult to injury... Uh, just as Tom rides away on his stupid bike, as Cameron puts it, she finds out that Tom's the one that got Mutiny the meeting at that... (sighs) that one particular games company that then bought the game out from them. So, not only are they broken up, but... She broke up with him, even though (laughs) she broke up with him not knowing that he is literally the guy who just saved her company. Not a good move, dude. Not, not a good move. I'm just saying. Look, Mackenzie Davis, I I love you. You're amazing. Call me, but... (laughs) This particular action of this particular character, not the smartest. (laughs) And she knows that. Cameron at this point knows, like, oh shit, I effed up. (laughs) Like, it's not exactly happy times in Cameron land. Also, I just used the phrase happy times in Cameron land. Okay, Mackenzie Davis, if you were to not call me because of that, I would understand. I mean, let's be honest. That won't be the deciding factor. But I'm okay with it now. (laughs) You deserve better. (laughs) Getting in my uh, obligatory Mackenzie Davis creepiness. Moving on from that. While this sale is happening, Joe is very pissy at his father-in-law. Rightfully so, because he literally just stole an entire intellectual property. And they get into a bit of an argument. But father-in-law invites him to this 
to the shareholders meeting anyway. Invites him to the shareholders meeting. Uh, even though they're in an argument. Because, uh, safe face and Joe can pitch it better than anyone and blah, blah, blah. So, Sarah convinces Joe to go and present. So, he's getting ready for his presentation. And then Karen shows up. And they have this awkward little moment where they're exchanging pleasantries. And Cameron talks about what would have been different if they had just stayed together. And says, look, I know you didn't have anything to do with this. And then they kiss. And then Cameron's like, here, here's what it could have been. Leaves a disc with him. Joe inserts that disc. It's the mutiny interface that she was thinking about using. Uh, The new interface she was thinking of putting in with a little note that says like, hey, uh, to Joe, love Cameron and all that. And it's a happy moment. Like, aw, like nice cathartic conciliation. And then Joe makes his presentation He talks about how revolutionary this is. He acknowledges Cameron, which obviously doesn't go over very well with literally everyone else at West Group because they don't want to acknowledge the person they stole this from. And then, as someone else gets up and is talking, Westnet starts glitching a bit. Starts displaying some bugs. And it's glitching more and more and more. And everything starts crashing. And this is happening to multiple systems, to multiple computers that Westnet is operating on. And you realize, oh shit, this is Sonaris! Cameron took a copy of Sonaris, disguised it as a possible mutiny interface, gave it to Joe, staged this awkward romantic thing to throw him off his game, and then had him insert Sonaris to crash all of Westnet. Yes! That is some Frank Underwood level shit! That is ingenious! Oh my god, it is such a satisfying moment when you realize the genius power move that Cameron just enacted. When you realize what she has done, the huge power move she has made, the emotional manipulation she just... (laughs) She just enacted... Oh, boy. It is incredible. It is one of the most satisfying moments of this entire series, quite frankly. It is amazing. Also, um, very Joe McMillan move. Also, did anyone else notice, as long as we're talking about how Cameron is slowly turning into Joe McMillan, did anyone notice... That Cameron sacrificed 
a piece of code that Tom put his heart and soul into for commercial reasons. Sacrificing Tom as a lover, as a partner in the process. Sort of like what Joe did to Cameron towards the end of season one. Did anyone else notice that? Because I sure as shit did. And it is poetic and beautiful and brilliant. It is great levels of poetry showing just how much Cameron is literally evolving into a female Joe McMillan. Yeah! Pot calling the kettle black on that one. Oh, by the way, speaking of unhappy endings, uh, yeah, so... Joe's wife is mad at him. Because not only does she think he did this, but she's also calling Joe out on his bullshit of still being in love with Cameron. So yeah, there's also that. That marriage kind of imploded in record time. Oops. Oh, also, Boz is quitting. So there's also that. No one's having happy times. Like, we had the most satisfying moment of, like, the entire show here, and yet no one feels happy about it. Like, everything feels kind of dirty. Like, an objectively good thing happened. Like, some, like, legitimate thieves got exactly what they deserve. In this Frank Underwood-style gambit. And yet... Everyone is significantly less happy on the other side of that. Womp womp. Oh, also, Gordon. Um. Yeah, remember how on Friday when I did 208, I was like, yeah, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to talk about this on top of the mutiny thing? Uh, yeah. Still don't have the emotional bandwidth, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So, Gordon gets released from prison. Joe drives him to his car. And Joe's like, okay, Gordon, go straight home. And Gordon's like, yeah, 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 okay. I'm not going straight home. And he goes over to confront the people who stole his idea, allegedly. Parks in a parking garage. Goes over to the building. Finds out that those guys are out of business. So he was being paranoid over nothing. They failed anyway. And then he goes back through the parking garage looking for his car. And can't find it. He can't remember where his car is. Like he... Like, just physically cannot remember it. And he ends up wandering around for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Not being able to find his car. And it's so... 
heartbreaking just to watch Gordon's mind deteriorate to the point where he can't do something as simple as finding his car in a parking garage. It's just absolutely devastating. And then Gordon goes into the stairwell and falls down the goddamn stairs. Now he has a broken leg and is trapped in the stairwell. And eventually he ends up like just shimmying his way up the stairs and like yelling for someone to help. And then he has to get, go in an ambulance, hit the mic. I, I apologize for that. Go in an ambulance, go to the hospital. He and Donna are sitting in a hospital room. The doctor pulls Donna aside and is like, okay, look, this is not a symptom of Gordon's brain damage. This is entirely psychological. Sometimes serious diagnoses can bring out some underlying issues. So this is all Gordon. It is not his brain. So you find out that this whole episode, this whole manic, paranoid, heartbreaking episode of Gordon going on like multiple raving rants, uh, just going insane... Uh, breaking into his friends' houses, getting lost in parking garages, just completely not being able to function out of paranoia and complete breakdown of his own brain. While the brain damage is still an issue, it wasn't from that. It was from something inside of Gordon. Gordon needs psychological help more than anything else. And honestly, I don't know what would have been more heartbreaking. Had some technical difficulties. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, my mic really doesn't want to work today. I don't know why. But, see, I don't know what would have been more heartbreaking. I don't know what would have been more devastating. This being Gordon's brain damage elevating to insane levels. Or this being Gordon's own psychological issues that were there even before the brain damage. I don't know which one is more terrifying. I don't w know which one is more heartbreaking. And the fact that I don't know which objectively horrific situation is more terrifying is heartbreaking in and of itself. Like, Jesus Christ. This is probably the height of Gordon's whole mental tragedy for me like this whole this whole multi-part arc of Gordon just unraveling and unraveling and unraveling which you think is because of the brain damage but ends up not being that at all like it's just it's horrific it really really is uh yeah that's the penultimate episode of the season uh, not the happiest of times. <laughs> Let's just say that much. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those 
in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, the season finale. Talk to you then.